up, guys? Welcome back to another episode of the Fantasy Fellow Show. My name is Kyle. We have special guest with us, Jesse, here tonight to go over quarterbacks and tight ends. We're doing more ADP talk. We already covered the running backs and the receivers, so you guys can find that video if you didn't see that one yet. But we're doing uh, we're doing football, like real football tonight, preseason. Jesse, how are we doing tonight? Are you excited? Gotta be, you know, Hall of Fame game, baby. Hopefully, the uh, game doesn't get canceled because of a terrible paint job. Ah, uh, yeah, and we'll. It seems like it, every year it's been one thing, is whether it's the weather or the field or just something stupid always seems to pop up. But either either way, it, it's not a great football game, but it's good to have it here. It's good to have football on in the background again in our daily lives. And from this day forward, we will have Thursday night football until 2024. So we've officially made it. Uh, we've uh, good evening to you guys here in the chat room as well. Uh, but we're here. I'm gonna hop into a screen share. And uh, we're going to talk about quarterbacks first. We haven't really talked too much about the quarterbacks with Jesse. Uh, I'm just I'm curious on any any overall thoughts on the quarterback position and how you'd like to uh, to navigate your drafts here. Do you want to just walk it down ADP and we go from there? Yeah, I mean, just a general theme of the year is I think we're finally seeing quarterbacks come back up. You know, I think, you know, you go way back to when we started 10, 15 years ago. Quarterbacks were definitely being taken earlier and then the late round quarterback strategy was huge. And now all of a sudden we're realizing that you need quarterbacks that either throw a crap ton or also have that big rushing upside. So Hertz, Allen, Jackson, Fields. I mean, these guys all obviously have amazing uh, abilities with their legs. And then you got the Mahomes of the world, Burrows of the world who are just, you know, throwing to these receivers, throwing up massive yardage. So um, do you have any disagreements with the top three QBs being Mahomes, Hurts, and Allen? Anybody that should be in that group or anybody needs to be added to that group? Yeah, I mean, I think in general, Mahomes is obviously the consensus number one. Hurts, Allen, I mean, these guys are studs, all MVP candidates. Um, I think Lamar, Burrow, I think they're probably just a step down, maybe have different concerns. Um, but yeah, these are the three guys that you want at the top of your board. So, I mean, we, we, this, the ADP that we're looking at here is from drafters.com. It's their best ball ADP, which isn't too different from like your ESPNs and your Yahoo's. You are seeing quarterbacks go, I think, in the early parts of the third round. Uh, but for me, if, if I'm drafting a team and I'm, look, I'm interested in Mahomes, Hurts, or Allen, it usually, I usually need one of those, those top first or second round guys to stack them with one of these QBs here. Uh, but if you had to put your stamp on Mahomes, Hurts, or Allen, you can only have one. Which one of the top three are you most interested in? Give me one of the top three. I'll take Mahomes. I mean, I, just, I think it's just the best quarterback in the league. I think it doesn't matter who his weapons are. Last year he proved that. And uh, just the consistency is going to be there. He's going he's gonna to be a rock in your lineup as long as he doesn't get hurt. I mean, I, uh, I did, the one year I had Mahomes in a league, he, he was the year he got hurt. So, so my – I think my answer would be Josh Allen, who he didn't have the extra game last year against the Bengals. Uh, he did average a, almost a half point more than Mahomes in fantasy points per game. We probably should expect some regression from Jalen Hurts in pretty much pick your category. There's going to be something that regresses, whether it's the 13 rushing touchdowns or the yards or passing touchdowns. So I still like Jalen Hurts a lot. He's a good bet. We like that offense. But Josh Allen is like combining Mahomes and Jalen Hurts. You're getting the you're getting the 700 rushing yards that Jalen Hurts is, but then you're also getting the passing yards that Mahomes could get. And uh, I think we're in on the Bills offense. Like we didn't really talk much about Stephon Diggs, Gabe Davis and the group there, but uh, I think my money's on Buffalo being a, another good year in this offense. 
So, and for some reason, he's the cheapest of the three. And I feel, I feel good about that. So I'm getting a guy that could finish one or two. He's the cheapest of them by a few picks. So I typically land on Josh Allen, but uh, again, we don't, Jesse and I, we do not usually take these quarterbacks early in our starts of our draft, unless we have the Kelsey, AJ Brown, Devonta Smith, Stephon Diggs. Those guys are the ones that we're looking for to stack first and then get the QBs. But I think the real fun begins outside the top three. And Lamar Jackson's a dude that like two games into the season, we could be like, holy crap. Like we, like he should have been in the top three group. Um, and he's actually not too far off. He's only about five picks behind Josh Allen. So he's an interesting guy. I think there's a huge drop off from Lamar to Burrow, Fields, Herbert. But did you have any thoughts on Lamar or should we group, you know, kind of, I guess, what what is the next group? I guess the second tier QBs, how, how deep is that tier two for you? Yeah, right. I think if uh, tier one is the top three, I think Lamar is almost in his own tier because I think he's really the only other quarterback that's going to sniff those guys um, stats wise and on a per game basis. You know, health is obviously the biggest concern with him, so it's probably why we ding him. Last year was tough, uh, but anyone his MVP year, I mean, he just broke the game, so you know he can do it. <clears throat> I saw an interesting tweet today. I don't remember who it was, but I I believe I I retweeted it. Let me see if I can find it. I was doing a bunch of stuff. Um, here it is. This is from Ryan Heath, and yards per carry by for QBs uh, with the number of the f- receivers on the field. When it's one receiver, it's 1.27 yards per carry. Two receivers, it goes up to 4.71. And three receivers, look at that, 7.32. And uh, I, I believe the, the Ravens have been pretty much a one to two receiver team for the last few years. And then just bringing in the guy that's going to put three wide receivers on the field a little bit more uh, in Todd Munkin, like we could expect – another really, really good season from Lamar Jackson. And then this is a really good thread here too. So there's all kinds of uh, data in here. It said 70.5% of Lamar's carries came with only one receiver on the field last year. Uh, and that's compared to 20% for fields uh, and, and Jalen hurts. So if that Lamar number comes closer to fields and Jalen hurts, like dude, dude could be the thousand yard back or thousand yard quarterback that he had been in the past. So I, I like Lamar Jackson. Uh, I, I want Rashad Bateman to get on the field, but Mark Andrews, Zay Flowers, Odell Beckham, Nelson Aguilar, there's enough guys there where I I think we like Lamar Jackson. And for where he's being drafted right now, he's probably a fourth-round pick in your redraft leagues over on ESPN and Yahoo. So, And and I I think in a redraft league, it's probably much more easier to stack Mark Andrews and Lamar Jackson, I would hope. It's difficult in best ball, but I agree. Lamar Jackson's kind of in a tier by himself it's more of like a maybe it might even be like a tier 1b and then Mm -hmm. these next guys offer tier 2 services and they're currently being drafted in about the fifth or sixth round of best balls i think it's i'm gonna go with burrow fields herbert lawrence end of tier number two i guess we're calling it um burrow fields herbert lawrence jesse if you had to pick one of those guys which one are you sticking with or if you want to just go on and say there's a couple guys because i think there's a couple guys in here that we like yeah, this is a good tier in general. I think this is like a spot where, you know, you get two receivers, two running backs to start your draft, and you're looking at the fifth, and the guy like Herbert's there, Fields is there. You know, maybe you can pair Herbert with uh, Mike Williams, who you drafted in the fourth, maybe Fields and DJ Moore, your connection. It's kind of nice to have that little mini stack, even in the redraft. So. But, yeah, I mean, I really like all these guys, and the upside is there for all of them. Burrow, I mean, obviously he lost a little bit of ADP because of his, his calf strain, but we think he's going to be okay for week one. So if you're doing best balls, buy the dip, enjoy it. My favorite from the group, though, is probably your favorite as well. It's Justin Herbert. 
it's a bounce back season for him. Um, he's got a lot of fun weapons and he's just, I mean, he's through three years. I mean, he's, he's setting the pace for, mm-hmm. for the next generation of quarterback. He's, he's really fun to watch. Um, so I think he's going to have a nice bounce back year. I mean, last year, the injuries were insane. Josh Palmer was his wide receiver one for a while. Like, you know, just things, just, just things were not lining up. They were relying on Austin Eckler to really move the offense. And that's not how they want to move the offense in LA. Uh, Kellen Moore is obviously going to come in and do some fun things with that offense. So I'm looking forward to it. And I think we're going to see a, a full breakout. For Herbert. And uh, the numbers on the far right of the screen indicate their ADP change over the last week or so. And Herbert's the only one, I guess, of this tier two, we're calling it, that is moving up boards. Um, and Joe Burrow obviously falling down for the calf strain. I don't think he should be. I, I, saw, I read a report where he's already back in the weight room doing things. So I, I think he's going to be just fine. Um, we haven't seen an ADP dip for Jamar Chase or um, for T Higgins or none of the other Bengals. So I, I think Burrow deserves to kind of stay in this group. Um, and I, I did have to dock Burrow in my projections, a, a handful of rushing yards, but I think that's, that's, that's to be expected. He's not going to be as movable or as agile in his first few games back, but um, Justin Fields, interesting guy in fantasy points per game last year, the dude averaged 19.9 points per game. He only played in 15 games, so that that is the one issue. Um, but otherwise, I mean, if you remove this weird Davis Webb thing from <laughs> from one game last year, Justin Fields was the the fifth best QB in points per game. He's going to get you about 20 fantasy points per game. And do we? I mean, I I know his his passing numbers are going to improve. I, I don't think the rushing numbers can. I think they want those rushing numbers to come down. Actually, maybe the touchdowns can still be there, but Man, I, I just I don't know if, if Fields can carry it eight to twelve times per game like he has been. Um, so I, I'm I'm interested in Fields, but for me, the fact that I mean he's right next to Herbert, and that that's almost 700 passing attempts in that offense. So to me, I fall into Justin Herbert quite a bit. Uh, we haven't we didn't really talk about Trevor Lawrence, but he's one of those guys that we we maybe haven't seen the best of him yet. So he's. He's on the up. He's got rushing upside with his legs. You add in Calvin Ridley. I'm pretty sure like their entire offense remained intact from last year. They might have changed an offensive lineman or two, but you got to think year two of Doug Peterson, um, just continuity in that offense. They got an extra running back now. Uh, that can be a short yardage banger. If you miss on Burrow, Fields, and Herbert, I, I really like Trevor Lawrence. And, and <clears throat> with getting Lawrence, too, if, if you have to get Calvin Ridley before, I know what's crazy, Jesse, in – um. On ESPN, Christian Kirk's like a seventh or eighth round pick sometimes. So like you could actually get Lawrence and then get Kirk behind him. So wow. I'm I'm interested there. I, I think my preferred draft strategy is to pull someone from this tier. Otherwise, in a one QB league, I think we're in agreement that we want to wait for two guys that are on the fringe of like QB twelve and and, and make a duo. Uh, but anyways. That's our tier two. And then you can see there's a huge ADP gap from Lawrence to Deshaun Watson. Maybe it shouldn't be that much, but it's a 20 pick discount. Uh, and then I guess I'm going to let you design tier number three here, starting with Deshaun Watson, who's all in tier three. Yeah, this is kind of your big range, right? There's there's high upside rushers. There's your classic pocket passers with Kirk. So just working on the list with Deshaun, who was obviously in their deck, a guy that's been underrated, hasn't been able to really stay healthy. So it's tough to rely on Kirk. A guy that, uh, I mean, when you really dig into the Kirk numbers, he's he's a reliable back, back in QB1. Daniel Jones just got paid, had a pretty good year last year. The rushing upside's nice, and they got a lot of weapons coming into town. 
Uh, Anthony Richardson, this is kind of where I, I consider the tier break, but then I look down and I see Geno, top five quarterback last year. Russell, probably the cutoff point for me, just because last year we really saw, if you dig into the numbers, the numbers weren't good. Uh, Russell definitely looked like he lost a little bit of zip on his ball. It wasn't not pretty. I mean, that offense was terrible. How much do you want to blame on Nathaniel Hackett? Sean Payton says blame it all on him. That's probably a little bit of a scapegoat. Um, but really, I'm thinking Geno to Watson for me is kind of where I look at this tier and think, if I can come out of my draft with one or two of these guys in my redraft leagues, I'm feeling very good. Um, I mean, talk about my favorite one is it's probably Kirk Cousins from a safety yeah. point. If I can get Kirk at, after everyone's taking a quarterback, I know that I'm probably getting a QB1 most weeks. And if I can pair him with somebody like Geno, Anthony Richardson, maybe another one of the rookies late, I'm in a really good spot. And uh, I have a question for you. If we were to edit it, should we maybe should we maybe leave Burrow, Fields, Herbert in a tier of their own? And do you think Lawrence and Watson can kind of be a tier of their own, or do you think Tua is part of them at all? Or do you do you like Lawrence above those guys by a good margin? So yeah, I mean, with Watson, you know, right? It's like what we saw last year. It came out rusty. But he got better towards the end of the year. So it's like there are some questions about what Watson we're going to get. But if those last two games of the year were any indication, we're looking at another top 10 quarterback. Trevor going into year three, he had a great year last year. So, um, yeah, I mean, you really could put them together. And, I mean, Watson's a guy who, like, you know, a lot of people are really high on him. I mean, before everything went down, he was, what, top three, top four quarterback in the league. Dynasty guy, he was a top five. So, we're probably not going to get that top three upside, but Watson's a guy who would definitely surpass and exceed a guy like Tua, a guy like Dak, uh, in my opinion. So I see the Watson Lawrence. Yeah, I, I think Watson's closer to Lawrence, and the tier gap between Watson to all the other guys, I think, is a little bit more significant because when I miss on Watson, I'm like, dang it. When I miss on Tua, Dak, like Kirk, I'm like, there's always another one. There's always another one. But I think Watson and Lawrence. Watson can run for four or 500 yards in, in that offense and still throw for 4,000. So I think he is the, like he's closer to Lawrence than he is to the rest of this tier uh, with Tua. Obviously the health concerns are one of the, the biggest things when taking a guy like him, but uh, when he's healthy, we're ranking him probably as a top 10 QB every week. We, we love that offense. They're going to air it out. They're going to have good weather in Miami too. Um, so Tua sticks out at the top where, uh, if I miss out on a guy, and especially if I have Tyreek or Jalen Waddle, I, I really like getting Tua in there because uh, if I have Tyreek and Tua scores a touchdown to, to Tyreek Hill, you, you get the double combo. But if, if Waddle scores, I'm still scoring with Tua. So I think that's not a bad bet. And then the other thing here with Tua is you can easily grab a Geno, a Goff. You, if you're worried about Tua, just grab another QB. Grab Anthony Richardson. Have some fun at, at QB2. Um are we clicking Dak Prescott a lot to be our QB one in a QB league or QB one league? I, I really have not. I don't have a lot of exposure to Dak. Um, and I mean, I like his weapons. So when you look at what they did, they brought in cooks, didn't resign Zeke, you know, I mean, it just gives you the vibe. Like when you look at what the actions are, they want to be throwing the ball. But then you look at the word Mike McCarthy though. On the other hand is like, uh, I like, you know, like kind of a grinder guy, but you know, I think Mike McCarthy is a guy who like, he knows what it takes. He's got his team of analytics, and I think he he knows that he needs to throw more. Um, so Dak is just a guy for me. Like, I love the talent. He he always seems to get hurt. You know, you don't want to lean in the injuries, but like, how long? You know, how can we trust a guy like Dak? 
And I, I don't think he separates much from Kirk to, and I, to be honest, I really like Jared Goff too. I think yeah. Jared Goff is kind of the same player as Kirk Cousins, to be honest. And the thing I keep coming back to with Jared Goff is Jamal Williams punched in 17 touchdowns. Most of those were goal line touchdowns. Amon Ross St. Brown got tackled. I believe it's up to, I think he got up to seven times tackled within the five yard line on a catch. Some of those Jamal Williams touchdowns are going to leak into Jared Goff's column this year. Goff could be a guy that's top five in passing touchdowns, and we know they want to throw the ball a lot. So uh, I do agree that the tier, I guess the way we did it, it's kind of Tua all the way to Goff. Um, and, man, if you if you can come away with two of these guys, it just it feels like that's such a huge value because, like, look at their ADPs. They're all, I guess, starting with Dak, these are all ninth round and beyond. So mm-hmm. once you, you – one of the most important things in your redraft league is to to be aware of your neighbors and see what everybody else is doing. When look and see when the 11th QB comes off the board, that is when you start looking at quarterback, I think in a two QB league, unless, unless you're a super fan of a team and you need to get your charger or you need to get your chief, whatever I get it. Uh, but I think there's a huge edge to grabbing too late you get eight rounds to stack up your roster with running backs, wide receivers, and maybe a tight end. So I think that's to me the best, any final thoughts here? We, and we, we didn't even talk about Geno's like, there's so I, I, yeah, that was my final I mean, thought. Yeah. Go ahead. About, like I like Kirk as safety, but like, I might like Geno more. I mean, just put this into perspective. Like last year, you, if you told me you could get the QB five last year, whose team added the best receiver in the draft, Drafted an all-around running back in the second who can catch passes and can catch them well. I mean, and get him at QB 15. That's, I mean, that's a home run. I mean, I, I Gino to me, and I, I mean, I know the concerns are, can we, you know, can he do it again? Uh, I mean, but last year, I mean, that was a full year, and he, I mean, he looked good. He looked poised. He looked like this is finally my team. He looked relaxed back there. Like, I think this is a guy who can do it. And I think, you know, he really. I don't know. He stepped up as a captain on that Seattle team. I think Pete Carroll and the whole company have trust in that guy. I think he's going to, it's going to be a fun offense in Seattle in general. So I'm in on the Seattle offense and I'm in on Gino at QB 15. And for, for super flex, I think this is like the sexiest tier to get your QB two. I mean, sure. You could make it, you could get two of these guys to be your QBs, but Gino is your QB two feels like cheating. And then the thing with Jared Goff too um, and again, these guys were all kind of in the same range here, about 16 points, but Gino was up here at almost 18 points per game based on the whole season though. Again, Gino was QB five, uh, but Jared Goff was QB 10 too. And he's being drafted QB 17 right now. Nobody's respecting Daniel Jones and the additions that they made on offense. Uh, Darren Waller is a big deal. Saquon Barkley back and happy, not happy, but he's back with a contract. And then it's fine. I think Paris Campbell and Jalen Hyatt are going to matter too. Like I was not really excited about Hyatt, but for now I'm seeing him make plays with the ones deep shot plays too. Um, and again, he was QB nine last year and you're getting a little bit of a discount. Um, so Daniel Jones is, is one of these guys that I think offers a ton of rushing upside and just, it's going to be better. I, I feel confident in saying that year two of Brian Dable, it kind of feels like year two of Daniel Jones is like reset, you know? Um, so I, mean, I feel like, we could we could essentially spend probably a whole podcast just talking about the it's two cool. uh, to golf range and just I mean there's a lot of things to like about all of them. Um, Anthony Richardson we didn't really need to talk about. I mean if he I mean he's going to get rushing carries especially with this whole JT situation. If that turns into a situation where he's gone, that's even more goal line upside. So like 
I mean, there's there's a lot to like here. And like you said, if you can get this guy, these guy, one of these guys as your QB two in a super flex and a redraft, maybe you grab one or two of them. I mean, this is a really nice range. And we'll compare the like we're just looking at the QBs here, but we're looking at basically I'm gonna say the end of the eighth round here because two has got a 95 on him, but basically ninth and tenth round, you can wait to grab your QB. What other positions are you like? What other you're, you're not going to win your draft in the ninth and tenth round taking the running backs and the wide receivers there? I, I think I feel right. pretty confident in saying that you're going to need an injury to a starter for that player to hit. Uh, but for you to plug in a starter that's going to contribute 16 to 20 fantasy points per game, that it's just it's such a it's it's so much better value than grabbing. And again, I, I like Justin Fields. I like Herbert. I like those guys. But in the fifth round, man, like there's some there's some good players in the fifth round. So you're gonna have to weigh those opportunities. Um, and and for me, it looks really good. In a, in especially in a one QB league, like we said, it, it looks really good when you wait. Uh, mm-hmm. But let's move on. Let's create the next tier here. Uh, I'll let you do it. It starts with Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers. To how far down you want to go? Yeah, this is you know another one of the ones where you get. Kind of like is Rogers, is Rogers like with Wilson, but like Wilson's up ahead of someone that I like, you know, I like people more. But Derek Carr on a new team, Rogers on a new team, Stafford, you know, what's this Rams team going to give us? We we don't really know. Brock Purdy, interesting name, QB twenty one on the board right now. I mean, starting he's practicing. Kyle Shanahan loves him. Uh, good quote today about him, like in love with him. Jordan Love, you know, stepping into the helm of the Green Bay Packers. A lot of questions there what that's going to look like can he pick it you know our year two quarterback that we're hoping takes a step forward you know i mean we're, we're hearing some positive news out of, of pittsburgh camp he's starting to process the game a little bit better you have kyler who's injured when's he going to play and then you have bryce young rookie guy like you know first overall pick that means something right and then sam howell who uh stepping into year two we got a glimpse of him last year looked like he could be okay and then even cj stroud down there as a rookie i mean these this list is, a, this is, I mean, this is a big group. Uh, for me, I think you kind of have like your vets up top, your Rogers, Carr, Stafford, you know, your guys who have been there and done it. They're probably going to give you okay numbers, but they're not going to be sexy 30 burgers. Um, you have your Purdy, Love, Pickett, Murray, Young, Howell, maybe, maybe some higher upside week to week, but I mean, there's definitely going to be some low points. I mean, look at a Jordan Love. There's probably going to be some growing pains in that offense this year, um, but when it hits, it's going to, it could be really fun. I mean, Kenny Pickett, another guy who probably is due for some TD regression. I mean, that guy got quite unlucky when you look at the data on that side. I mean, Murray obviously is kind of, he sticks out here. Whereas if like, if he's healthy, we're looking at him probably in like the Justin Fields range. Right. Um, so that one's kind of an interesting point where if you decide to take a, a mid round quarterback and then you pair him with Kyler and just kind of wait for Kyler to come back, that could be a fun little pairing there. Um, and then, I mean, I know Bryce Young's starting to get some hype. Carolina's starting to gain some steam this year. But, you know, it's just you can't trust these guys as your starter, right? Like, you don't really want to be leaving your draft. If you're leaving your draft with one of these guys as your starter, you're you're not 100% comfortable, right? Yeah. And um, this, the way that I'm looking this, this is a nice list if you're playing Superflex. These are your QB2s in Superflex leagues. Obviously, if you can get two of the ones above this list, that's great. Uh, but none of these guys – like they almost shouldn't be drafted in one QB league. Um, I think you can make a case for Aaron Rodgers and Derek Carr to be your, you know, your one A one B or something like. Like if you went Anthony Richardson, Aaron Rodgers, it could probably get you there. If you went 
Daniel Jones and Derek Carr. It, it, it could get you there. I just, to me, this entire list, it could be the waiver wire list in a one QB league. If we're being real, we're leaving, we're drafting 17 QBs in a one QB league. That seems to be kind of the sweet spot here. Uh, Matt Stafford, never going to feel comfortable uh, putting him out there. Uh, he's he's kind of just off my board and I'm just nervous about the Rams in general, uh, but Purdy interesting again, but I'm not stashing any of these guys as my QB two in a one QB league because there's from Purdy all the way down to CJ Stroud for my one bye week I'm going to throw one of these guys out there. I don't really care who it is. So I don't believe in carrying two, I guess one of these guys shouldn't be your QB two. Um, and that's kind of how I'm viewing it. But for super flex friends, if you had to grab, and I, I kind of already ruled out Rogers and Carr from this tier. I think the tier that's kind of a tier in itself, but the tier for me mm-hmm. goes from Stafford down to about CJ Stroud. If you're going to give us one name from this list from Stroud to Stafford, and you're going to say, I think this is the guy that can get me a QB two numbers in a super flex league. Which one do you need? Right. Right. I'm going to exclude Kyler just because sure. he's a little bit of a cheat code, but you know, give me one of these guys who I think takes honestly, all young guys, all guys, who do I think steps up? You got a couple of rookies here. Probably not going with the rookies. You know, really, I think you got to give me Kenny. Yeah, I think Kenny Pickett. It's, I'm having a tough time between Kenny Pickett and Jordan Love. I mean, I, you know, Jordan Love got to sit behind Rodgers. You know, if he absorbed anything from that guy, he's going to he's going to look pretty good on the football field. Um, are we, it's mixed reviews out of camp. That's, that's going to happen. Preseason is going to be big. But um, at the end of the day, I think I think the Jordan Love talent could could shine. It's it's so tough because I mean I, I like Love and I like Pickett. You know Love has decent weapons, but Pickett kind of has almost the best situation out of all these guys. Yep. You know besides Purdy, I mean you know Purdy and Shanahan. That's, but that's what's swinging it for me. It's Deontay, it's Pickens, it's Frymuth, it's Najee, it's Warren, it's even Allen Robinson's there. Jordan right. Love's list is not as great, and Pickett offers decent rushing upside with his legs. So I, I think. If you miss the boat on a QB2 in Superflex Leagues, I think Kenny Pickett can do it for your QB2. Obviously, if you get him as your QB2, you're going to want to tack on a CJ Stroud, a Mac Jones, a Ritter, someone a little bit later. But I do like that group. Um, I don't think we need to talk about Tannehill, Mac, Ritter, Jimmy G. Should we move on to tight ends? Yeah, I mean, these are just flyers if you... These are your waiver wire for sure. I like your thought though. If you if you do miss on that QB two and kind of that mid round range we talked about, yeah. just go back to back with two of that next tier. You know, yeah. like pick it, whoever. Pick it, Murray. Pick your it next love, two picks pick should it, be, you know, yeah. yeah. Go back to back. Like, do not miss the boat and think you can wait. This is one of the best picks in a super flex draft right now. Yeah. Yes, as your QB three. Yeah, I mean, if you get him as your QB three, you're, yeah. you're great. I mean. Yeah. And I'd have to open up a schedule and look at it. I want to see who's got the best schedule for the first four to six games. And I know that that's going to be my QB two. And then Kyler Murray could emerge Mm -hmm. uh, beyond that. But tight ends, um, we don't really need to talk about Travis Kelsey, do we? Like sixth overall pick. Yeah, he's getting old. That's my only concern. It's going to be a year. What's the earliest you would draft Travis Kelsey, I guess, is the only question. Like what players will you – it's probably fourth or fifth. You know, I think for me, a JJ, Chase, CMC. And then if you take Kelsey over Cup, I'm not going to be upset. I think, that's where, I think that's where I'm at. I think I'm Kelsey over Cup right now just because the Rams. Maybe Tyree Kill. I, I mean, I do like Tyree Kill, but he's right in that range. 
I just I, I do I want to give the Rams the keys to my fantasy like success in right. over Kelsey even over Tyreek Hill. Uh, I think I think that's the pecking order. So if you want to take Kelsey, I think we're saying to take him fourth, fifth, sixth overall, wherever you got to do it to 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 get him. He should be he's he's going to be again. I'm nervous about the age. I think we're going to probably start to talk about that next off season. But he's he's happy. He's committed. He's 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 Travis Kelsey uh, in a tier all by himself. And then it drops down to 29th overall, Mark Andrews, who if you miss on Kelsey, he's the next best thing. And he's currently a third round price, about 30th overall. And that's where the draft looks kind of weird because the, there's a receiver drop off there. And then you're looking at all mm-hmm. the suspended, whatever stuff with the running, like the running back is just like a landmine there. Um, are you taking Mark Andrews there in the third round? I do find myself if I'm kind of early third, you know, I'm picking fourth, fifth, that Mark Andrews spot, you know, there's times where I take him. And then there's times where I pass on him, depending on who falls there. But that's like you said, that's kind of that sweet spot. Of like he's there. I mean, I think we like this offense. I think we like what they're doing. The offensive coordinator that came in there is they're going to be passing more and more targets to Mark Andrews is sweet music to my ears. Um, but I really don't think that he's too far off from TJ Hawkinson. Ah, okay. So um, would you put them in the same tier? Or are you Are you still putting Anders kind of in his own thing? So when you look at tight end and like correlating to like how the end of year plays out, targets are are almost everything. I mean, if you're if you're, I mean, all those guys who are getting a lot of targets, they're all finishing in the top. So, you know, I mean, Kittle had kind of a crazy year last year, but I mean, he's second in targets. He's probably going to be second in targets again. They brought in Jordan Addison, but like, just. Is he's not going to take away from TJ Hawkinson. I think that Detroit trade was kind of one of the more weird trades I've seen why they got rid of him. Um, Cause he's a stud. And I mean, he's a, he's a out of college. He was a freak athletic freak blows the combine off the charts and he's really good. So he's going to be on the field all the time and he's going to be a reliable weapon for Kirk. Um, so I, I don't mind Hawkinson. I haven't honestly been getting a lot of him just cause in the range that he's in, it's that fourth, fifth spot. And like you said earlier, it's like the fourth, fourth round, you're getting a lot of good receivers and running backs. Um, but I, I probably need to start exposing myself more to TJ Hawkinson. Yeah, Hawkinson, when he got to the Vikings, was a target hog. Um, I, I think he's still going to be the number two target in that offense. Addison will be number three. Uh, but the thing with Hawkinson is it's all about Kirk Cousins to me. Kirk, It really depends on Kirk Cousins versus Lamar Jackson. Lamar Jackson's going to miss a game or two this year. He's going to miss – He's going to miss some time at some point. I'd love to see him stay healthy, but that's just how Lamar Jackson is. Mm-hmm. Kirk Cousins is safety. If you want, basically, these guys can be the same player in fantasy, but you can get one a round and a half later, and he's got a safer, stable, more stable QB situation. So I think the advice I would say is I prefer Hawkinson at ADP to Mark Andrews. I do not hate Mark Andrews if you want him. I think he's priced appropriately. But Hawkinson is discount Mark Andrews with a safer environment. Um, that's kind of how I'm doing it. <clears throat> so I, we can group those two together. That's fine. And then we get to this huge, nasty tier. I don't know how to shake it, but it's to me, it's Kittle, Pitts, Goddard, Waller. Those are the next four guys. How would you be ranking those? And which ones have you been clicking the most? Yeah, I mean, Kittle is purely like when he's on the field, he's a, he's a monster. You know, yards per reception is always high big touchdown plays high. It's the problem is he's like, 
It's like Gronkowski. He just can't stay on the field. He's going to miss games because he just, he's a violent player. Kyle Pitts, this is kind of that, like, is this the year? Is he going to break out? I'm, I'm not clicking it a whole lot um, because why would I take Kyle Pitts? I could just take Dallas Goddard and, right, you know, a little bit after him. Uh, Goddard's the guy I really like in this, this offense. And I know the targets are, are going to be limited, but once you get to kind of this point of the draft, the tight ends, the, tight, the targets are limited, you know? Yeah. And give me the guy who's in a high-powered offense. He'll get touchdown opportunities. Uh, if he stays on the field, he's he's, he's probably getting to be a thousand yard receiver. I mean, if you told me Devonta, AJ Brown and Goddard were thousand yard receivers. And that would, I mean, that's pretty much, those are the three guys that, that Hurst is throwing to. So he's a guy that I'm definitely, I have been clicking and I'm clicking a lot. Oh, Darren Waller, you know, you got, if you read the camp camp notes, everybody's gushing over Darren Waller. Um, we know the talents there. I mean, he had, didn't he have like a 20 target game or something? Oh, and then, yeah. you know, it's like, so we know the talent's there. He's getting older. Uh, there is injury concern. I mean, that's obviously what it's been the last couple of years. When he's on the field, I think he's going to be one of Daniel Jones's favorite targets. And he's definitely a lock. Mm-hmm. And I wouldn't say a lock. If he stays healthy, he's probably a lock to get 10 touchdowns. But he's probably a betting favorite to get 10 touchdowns. So outside of Kelsey and Andrews, who are pretty much guaranteed, as long as they're healthy, they're guaranteed to lead their teams in targets. Mm-hmm. Waller's the only other tight end that can do that. There's not there's not another tight end that can do it. Um, so to me, I think these Kittle, Pitts, Goddard, Waller, I think they're upside down. I'm putting Waller as my four, Goddard five, Pitts six, Kittle seventh. Um, with Waller, Waller is going to be a dude. Like when we look at the targets, Waller, if he's playing 17 games, he's going over 100 targets. Like he's going to be in between this 113 to 129 i think that's his upside you know seven to eight targets per game should get him there um and then the thing with goddard is he was on pace for a thousand yards last year before he got hurt the first 10 games he averaged like 58 point something yards and that was that was second in the league at tight end only travis kelsey averaged more yards per game than dallas goddard um and when goddard got hurt that's when devonta smith started getting more involved in the offense and when goddard came back he was still a good top five, you know, tight end, um, but it, Devonta Smith kind of took over some of that role. Um, so I do think Goddard is a sneaky. He's going to probably hit. He's going to go over 800 yards. I think that 900 to 1,000 yard threshold is is kind of where I'm looking at for him. So he's heavily involved. And then with Pitts, we just don't we just don't know. Um, it, he's a scary click in the sixth round because you don't want to burn it. And then with Kittle. There's massive touchdown regression coming. You have the emergence of Brandon Ayuk. You have Debo Samuel healthy too. It's a tough ask. Um, but I guess, I don't know. I, I really like Goddard and Darren Waller, and I think that's my tight end plan for this year. I want one of those two guys because I can get him in the sixth or the seventh round. Um, any thoughts? Yeah, I mean, I understand why people quit Kittle. You know, there's the upside is massive. Um, but like you said, he what did he have eleven touchdowns on like ninety two? How many uh, catches? Outlier year, like yeah. yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's, and he miss he misses games, a lot of games. Yeah, I mean he's just that's just what you get. You know, when he's on the field, he's very fun. You know, but take a few of those touchdowns away, and I'd give me the guy who's going to get more targets and more yards, especially at uh, tight end. He did perk up though when Brock Purdy came on the field, and Purdy was throwing him touchdowns. So. If the touchdowns come back, that's what's going to make Kittle worth his ADP. Um, but the fact that I can get Darren Waller 16 picks later just doesn't make sense to me. So those are right. the two I'm targeting. 
Uh, after that, I think it's a pretty easy tier for me. It's Ingram, Njoku, Fryermuth, and then all hell breaks loose at tight end. Um, when you miss on some of the, the guys that we talked about earlier, between Ingram, Njoku, Fryermuth, what's your plan? Yeah, so if I'm if I'm not getting a top guy, I, I just kind of end up punting the position and maybe grabbing two of my favorites later in the draft. You know, just with the way the tight end landscape shakes out. There's always going to be a few guys that emerge and finish top 12. But, like, even when you're playing, like, when you look at the rankings, you see a guy at the top 12, like, he's he's giving you, like, six points a game. And it's like, that's not a difference maker for me. Whereas maybe I could take a stab at, like, a sleeper running back who might emerge as a breakout at the end of the year and win me a game. Like, it's just not like a inspiring list of guys. Um, in fantasy points per game last year, Ingram was 10, Njoku was 10, and Pat Frymuth was 9.9. .9. So these guys all averaged about 10 PPR points per game, um, but there's not much separation down here to Dawson Knox, who averaged 9 points per game. So you're not really separating yourselves. I think you want, I think 12 points per game is kind of elite for tight end plus 12 plus is what you're looking for. That's what Goddard and Darren Waller and the other guys can offer. But now that we're like in the 10 points per game range, there's really not that much difference from these guys down here. Uh, but right. it just feels like Frymouth, Njoku and Ingram are the safer bets to get 10 fantasy points per game. And one of these guys will need, well, they all, for them to, to, to hit and be a top five tight end, it's all about touchdowns. Um, so I'm I'm not sure which one the answer is. I think it's Frymuth though. Yeah, Frymuth. I mean, he's reliable, right? You know, reliable guy. He's on the field. There's not a lot of competition. Same thing with Njoku, really. And Ingram just got that fat contract. And the thing about Ingram is, I think Tilo likes to spread the ball ball around a lot. Yeah. And uh, Kelvin really coming to town. I think we're gonna see an alpha in there now. Uh, David Njoku, really fun player. I think he's one of those guys, like you said, he's gonna get you four or five catches. 50, 60 yards a game, and you're going to be happy with that. And then when he gets a touchdown, it's a really nice week. And then Pat, too. I think it's just consistency. You know, I think when you look at his game logs, you're going to see a consistent six to seven targets. And that's when you, that's really what you want. When you look at the rest of this list, you're not seeing that. Like, you know, Gerald Everett, you know, is he going to get you six, seven targets a game? There's going to be games where he has probably two, three targets. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I mean, that's really like, I, I think I agree with you there. It's like, this is the last tier. And, you know, I'll probably take Pat at ADP over Ingram over in Choku. Um, so say, <clears throat> say you, I guess, if you grabbed anybody from the Waller tier on up, you do not need a tight end two on your roster necessarily. You can grab a guy off the waiver wire if you want a tight end two, whatever. Mm -hmm. If I grab Ingram, Njoku, Pat, I'm probably drafting a second tight end just in case. So quick hitters here, because we got to get out of here in two minutes. Um, from Schultz, Kincaid, Dulcich, Higby, Everett, Okonkwo, Komet, Laporta, Irv, Taysom Hill, and there's probably more down the list. Who right. do you want as your tight end two on this list? I want uh, – he's not listed there, but I want Jake Ferguson, Dallas. Ferguson. 2018 was the last year that Dallas didn't have a top 12 tight end. Dak likes to find his tight ends. <laughs> he, like, he likes having that reliable middle-of-field guy. And I think Jake's you know, a very competent pass catcher he was in college, and I think that he's been down the system. He gets it. He didn't really address the tight end position. He's their guy. And, I mean, we saw Dalton Schultz, Jag. He's not a good athlete. We had this conversation a few years ago. Not a great athlete, but he was on the field. And if you're on the field for Dallas, you're going to get targets at the tight end spot. So that's a guy I think who could end up finishing maybe near top, you know, helping the teens maybe. Yep. 
Now, I mean, I'll let you talk about the guy above him if you're if you want to hit on Hef's boy. Yeah, I think we have to because both McBride and Ferguson are my tight end 16 and 17 in projections right now, and they are the easiest clicks in best ball in the 18th round right now, or whatever round it is. Uh, but McBride, year two tight end, he is a good athlete. We like we like his profile coming out of college, and you have Zach Ertz who. I just, I just don't get it. Like he tore his knee ACL and MCL. He's 33 years old. If we hate that injury for running backs that are 23, 24 years old, Zach Ertz is you. He's done. Like Zach Ertz is not happening this year. Um, he's probably going to be on the pup list to start the year, which is four games minimum. And we don't know if we're ever going to see him healthy again. Like it might be done for Zach Ertz. And even when he's on the field, his best chances of, of being himself aren't until 2024. So I think McBride gets the first month of football to run with the tight end one spot. And that might be all he needs that, to, to gobble up six, seven targets per game. And for the offense to be moving well with him as their starting tight end, I think it's, it's very likely. And I mean, to be honest with you, nobody separates out from this list here. This this landmine. I like the rookies. I like Laporta, right. I like Kincaid, but they're freaking rookies. Like, yeah. We're just not going to find it. Um, we, we love Chig and Conco and, and then DeAndre Hopkins coming. He's the chain mover now. I mean, it's just. I mean, Everett's targets. fine. Everett's fine because he's in a great passing offense. Irv Smith yeah. is fine because he's in a great passing offense. That Dawson Knox even too. Like if you want one of those guys, just because it's an offense that's going to throw the ball a lot, I get it. Uh, I do think Greg Dulcich is is probably ahead of Kincaid and Schultz for me too. And in. Who knows? Maybe we could regret not ranking Dulcich higher because Dulcich is uh, one of those year two profile guys that we really like. So he's yeah. probably the one that I'm like Ingram Najoku Frymer. I'm like, yeah, I'll put him with Dulcich. Otherwise, f it. I'm waiting for the McBride and the Ferguson tier, and we'll if they don't work, I didn't spend a draft pick that's worth a damn. So we'll figure it out. You know, um, exactly. That's pretty yep. much it. But hey, we have preseason football. We got lineups to go set. We're going to go do that. Jesse, any final thoughts uh, from today's show? We, we did it. We uh, we bridged it perfectly. We got football in 15 yeah, minutes. This is the last week until February without football, so let's uh, enjoy it. Let's not get uh, too excited, but it'll, we'll have some fun. You know? and yeah, next week we uh, we have all the preseason games. So a little teaser here for you guys, but that's it. Uh, you guys can follow Jesse at the fellow JGM on Twitter. Check out thefantasyfellowship.com for all the good stuff there. Everything's free this season. And, uh, yeah, guys, enjoy the preseason game. Go get your final DraftKings lineups set up. Peace. Mm -hmm.